flip you guys over. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of The Overview. I'm Shaman V. Fish Sticks Shade here, of course. Fish Sticks back from PAX. How you doing, man? You tired? I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I'm a little tired. I think I slept for like 14 hours yesterday. Oh I just God. passed out as soon as I got home yeah. and then woke up at like 10.30 and then just went back to sleep two hours later. Um, so I'm recovering, but as you can maybe hear a little bit, my voice is not fully recovered yet. Well, at least you don't sound like Tay Zande, right, Shay? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Fish Sticks' mic makes him sound unbelievably cool. But, uh, you know, that, that's definitely good. Shay, how about you? How are you doing? Doing okay without Overwatch for two days so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely rough, hopefully, man. Hopefully it gets better when the Diablo season starts so I can just, like, drown myself in riffs for a few days. But... Until then, I'm going a little bit nuts. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was really rough because I was there was like no Overwatch, and then like Hearthstone expansion was like coming out today, and there was just literally like really really tough for me to do anything yesterday. So uh, at, le- at least a little bit is is good. Overwatch definitely another week before we get to get to play it again. Definitely tough. But want to welcome our guest on today. Uh, he's a guy that you might have seen some of his pieces. He, he definitely writes uh, some articles, some really good articles that we've seen um, in the community and you might have seen on Reddit. He's also a player currently playing for MyDong. I want to welcome Reinforce to the show. Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Happy to be on the show. Awesome, man. So... Uh, this weekend, uh, what, how, how has it been actually for you, Reinforce, with no, no Overwatch? Like, what are you guys doing right now? Just kind of talking strategy or, or what? You know, I don't know what teams do right now. Uh, we recorded a bunch of odds, and we're going to go through them uh, pretty much every oh, day until okay. the open beta goes up. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we have like two, three hours scheduled each night until open beta starts. Uh, nice. Looking over film, that's always great. Okay, well, today, guys, we have, uh, you know, even though Overwatch is, you know, currently on break, we actually have a lot of things to talk about because a lot's happened this week. Um, so I figured we'd do a summary of closed beta, just our thoughts, just generally, with, with, sorry, clo- yeah, with closed beta ending, just what our thoughts are, what we thought were, was uh, the good things, maybe some things to improve on for, you know, I guess their next beta for whatever product that they do. And then uh, there was a cool documentary that, that was released, a uh, three-parter. That was the Overwatch story that, that had a lot of really interesting factoids in it, and I figured it might be cool, cool to talk about. A comic came out. Our first Overwatch comic uh, was released, and then um, Fishix here, he was at, at PAX. There was a lot of Overwatch at PAX, so definitely get the lowdown from him and the event that was going on there and everything. And then uh, some esports news. Uh, Fuse team or actually a few, yeah, definitely a few team changes, a few pickups that uh, are going to be worth talking about, and then even just some meta talk that we uh, that happened kind of later last week that uh, seemed to be pretty cool. Q&A at the end, guys, so send your questions to at uh, ChanManV, and I'll try to read them out. If not, maybe we'll just like look in the Twitch chat and find something. Okay, so let's talk about closed beta. Uh, ended, uh, you know, just a few days ago, and... Um, kind of want to get your thoughts on it so why don't we start with our guest reinforce overall um i guess opinion on how the closed beta went 
really well in my opinion. I didn't really have any trouble at all with the beta. Um, I mean, everything ran smooth, and then I guess there were some... I didn't necessarily agree with like um, how quick they were to balance stuff, mm. um, those kind of stuff. But overall, it was like really smooth. Every night, everything worked. There were like a few live maintenance, but overall, it was really good for cross beta. Okay, uh, Shade, what do you think? Um, I think I just am ready for the game to actually be launched at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Closed beta went pretty well, I guess, for as far as the closed beta is concerned. It didn't really feel like a closed beta. Yeah. I don't know. Usually closed beta is like, I think, NDAs and, you know, like no streaming allowed and yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just doesn't, it didn't really feel like a closed beta, I guess. It probably did for other people that weren't actually in the beta. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, I don't know. It, just, it had like a different feel. I've played some closed betas before, and that one, like Overwatch for closed beta, didn't feel like a regular closed beta. And also, like, it's the first time I've ever seen a game developer so, like, intensely listening to what the community was saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I think we talked about that a little bit when Jeff was on the show, but, like, it was nuts how fast they were to change things or how fast they were to listen and respond to what people were saying. It was really, really cool. I've never seen that happen before. So yeah. Uh, physics. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's the main takeaway for me is just how quickly they're iterating on the game and you know, reinforce brings up the fact that sometimes it, maybe that you make a gut gut change to what the competitive scene is like complaining about the most of the time. But honestly, like it's amazing to see that level of interaction between the devs and the community and the competitive community specifically, which we're all part of. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, of course, it, the game's so polished, man. Like people will say whatever whatever they're gonna say, but <laughs> it was very polished for polished for a closed beta. And they they added so much stuff. Like they crammed competitive mode in there really quickly, and maybe it's not quite done. Maybe it's not quite finished. But at least they were able to start testing it yep. before we moved into the actual full launch of the game, which is exactly what they wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I guess the uh, changes are going to be coming a lot slower now that the game is actually out, which makes a lot of sense. But I'm really glad that they did use this time to make changes as quickly as they could based on feedback. Um, and as I said in previous shows, like it was just vindication for us in the competitive scene who've been spending so much time and effort running tournaments, running events. It was vindication to see that they made a lot of these changes based on what us in the competitive scene were saying and doing and, and the metas that were evolving based on like these tournaments. So no, it was, it was awesome. Uh, of course I put probably like 300, 400 hours into it in just a couple mm-hmm. of months. So that's, that's not going to change <laughs> yeah. moving forward. It's only going to go like infinitely probably moving forward for you. Um, yeah, for me, I think the, the whole closed beta thing was a huge success. Uh, and, I actually think of this closed beta period as a very true representation of what beta should be. You know, I think a lot of people in the past, uh, or at least a lot of betas that we've seen, even with from from the Blizzard folks, um, you know, they, they've either been like alphas. They should have been alphas because they weren't, you know, nearly close to being in a, in, in like game playing shape. Or they should have been pretty much finished products, you know, or they treated it like a finished product and, you know, we're selling things already and and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, But this, I feel like, was just right. You know, there was some miscommunication, I think, or people, you know, misinterpreting what 
the definition of beta was, but I think that kind of got cleared up. You know, I think they did a good job clearing that up that, hey, we're still working on stuff. The gameplay is there, but everything around it is still being worked out. And seeing it be worked out, you know, over time, over, you know, these months that we've seen, um, them taking the necessary time that's needed and not really being pressured by the public, you know, taking these breaks when they needed, as well as like allowing the esports side of things to be like in beta too. Right. Like, I feel like this period is kind of like, even though we are getting teams picked up and, and we are seeing some you know money moving around in the esports, it's kind of like a beta period. Like we're trying to figure all these things out and it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's definitely cool that we're trying, you know, when the game launches and the finished products are going to be out there, we're going to start on off on the right foot, I believe. So, um, yeah, overall, I think it was yeah, I mean- a great thing. You brought up a good point. I'm actually drinking out of my Splash Damage mug right now. And <laughs> the game I was playing prior to this was Dirty Bomb, developed oh. by Splash Damage, which is still in beta, um, like yeah, uh, exactly. well over a year now uh, after it came out. And it's still Wait, not. Dirty Bomb uh, is still in beta? Yes, yep. technically. <laughs> um, I think their competitive matchmaking system is still, it says like alpha. It's got alpha plastered over, over it. I'm not trying to th- you know throw any shade towards those guys because uh, the game is still good, but like. You know, Blizzard, get, man, they're, they're already kind of ahead. Well, like, at what point do you just like, let's just it. launch the game? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of crazy when you get to that point. It's, feature creep can be a very painful thing sometimes. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to finally get the game out. It's going to be coming out. We're seeing just, I think, support in the form of, you know, different content around it. You know, whether it's like this show or we're seeing articles, we're seeing comics, we're seeing like short films, you know, like short animations. And we're seeing all kinds of things around it. So when it comes out, it's going to be um, just a full force. You're starting to see commercials for it now, like all over NBA. Like when I was watching basketball on TNT or ESPN, it's like Overwatch commercials, like nonstop, which is pretty awesome. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So uh, anyways, really excited about, uh, obviously, open beta that's coming up in, what, five days now? Yeah, uh, not yeah, too long. Something like six, six, five or six days now. So all of you folks that have been waiting to play it, definitely get ready for that. Uh, May 3rd, pre-order it. You can get get in a couple days earlier and get get as much time as you can in. Uh, but definitely a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, someone came into my stream this yeah. morning and there was, like, an Overwatch ad right before, you know, he had, like, Twitch ads and stuff sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's an Overwatch ad, yeah, and it just exactly. started showing me playing South Park, and it's like, oh, salt in the wound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. It's pretty crazy. Okay, so let's talk about uh, something. I guess a piece of content that came out during. Um, I think, I think the first part came out late last week, but the Overwatch story. So this is a document documentary that was created. And lots of interviews with the Blizzard d- design team talking about basically the history of Overwatch and and um, how the development process went or originated and kind of just how it went through, right? So we you know we saw you know Metzen on there, we, you know of course we saw Kaplan on there and just a lot of the guys. We even saw you know just uh, Zan on there too. Uh, who was able to watch the entire thing? Did you guys all get a chance to watch it all? Yeah, I watched all of it. Okay. Uh, we came out during PAX, so I only got to watch the first two, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, Reinforce, what do you think? I think it was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the first episode, especially uh, when you got to find out more of the background of the game and all that. Because mm-hmm. still to this day, like, Titan is kind of a mystery, yep. uh, what it like really was before Overwatch. Mm-hmm. So it was really intriguing to get to know more about that. And uh, also Jeff Kaplan's background in his uh, FPS scene. Because yeah. to me, he was just like EverQuest yeah. and World of Warcraft. Um, so it was kind of cool to know 
that he actually played FPS games and it sort of like uh, gives legitimacy to everything you post on the forums where regarding if it's like sensitivity mm. or FOV, like he knows what he's talking about. So yeah. um, it was good to know. Yeah, I think it's most... possible okay. for me to start liking Jeff Kaplan any more than I already did. <laughs> yeah, it right. happened this week when someone posted all of his EverQuest oh, forum posts. Oh my god, I saw that. That was. Uh, that I was did awesome. not know it was possible for me to like that man any more than I already did, oh, and man. I was like, "This is why he's so good at responding to Blizzard-like stuff, Overwatch stuff on the forums." Right. Is because he was just literally the biggest troll of all time. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he knows a troll, and he knows how to handle exactly. an FPS community. That's right, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I uh, thought I, I thought it was really interesting. Well, first of all, the Titan stuff was very interesting. Yeah, because uh, like Rainforest said, they just haven't talked about that barely at all. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, and the other thing that it was just we all kind of knew it, right? Like Overwatch is you take all these arena FPS games and you you smash them together, and then you have the cast of Overwatch basically. Like it's yeah. you can almost look at each individual hero and say like oh yeah that's inspiration from this game and that's inspiration from yep. you know that game right uh so you know it was it, it was clear to a lot of us coming in that this was the foundation of overwatch but uh it was good to hear that from him from them and hear like specifically oh yeah like mccree's revolver is like half-life yeah, exactly you know revolver like and just just hearing that was cool uh, and that's why i was drawn into the game it was you know, I played those types of games growing up, and for ten years I played Tribes. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's why I'm interested in this game, and that's why a lot of other people are interested in this game. Uh, so that was pretty cool to hear. Yeah, I, I think I'm along, along lines with you, Reinforce. Just the uh, the Titan backstory was the most interesting part. The overall documentary, just parts two and three, were actually excellent too. But the Titan part was just resonated really a lot with me, and just I found out a lot of things. The, the part that interests me the most was that. You know they kind of lost confidence, right? Like, like the fact that Titan was, you know, just struggling, and they they kind of knew it inside that they was, you know, it was failing. That you know these big name people who have made just these awesome, you know, awesome IPs, like were actually had lost some confidence in like their ability to build games, and then um, just kind of seeing them regrouping and coming back together, kind of going a little bit more to you know. A, a success recipe that you know they've they've done in the past. Uh, I, I think that was really cool to see, and it was cool to see the honesty too, right? Just talking about, hey, you know, we weren't sure we could make another good game here, especially in this, you know, in this genre. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated that. That's what's one of the parts that um, was really resounding to me when when doing it. By the way, the the document is from Gamespot too. By the way, I should have pointed that out. I <laughs> give yeah, that. Uh, we're just very good. It here guys, too. By the way, exactly. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out, guys. Uh, let's see. Let's link it. Let's link it in the chat here in case uh, folks didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, just because you know things on Reddit do disappear after a while, and everybody lives on Reddit these days. So here's a link to the documentary, just the part one, if you guys didn't get a chance to catch it. All right. Next up, comic book. Uh, did you guys get a chance to catch the comic? That uh, was presented on comic. Oh, there you go. There you go. Comic.playoverwatch.com. Um, Do you have a physical copy of it? He Look does. That. that is awesome, Damn. dude. That's dude, I got to. Cool. Gosh, I didn't get me one of these. I got to. Right, I forgot. Push to talk. That's what happens yeah. when you go to PAX. Yeah. Guys. I should have gone, man. I'm still kicking myself for going. Um, okay, so what, what'd you think? Shade, any thoughts on the comic? Just first, first impression? I mean, I definitely prefer the shorts. 
or the comics, <laughs> yeah. but it was cool yeah. for yeah. it being a comic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I I'm guess still you waiting be for. A comic uh, person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just still waiting for like the Mercy Reaper storyline, so I'm gonna hold out all my excitement for that and wait till that happens. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's coming pretty soon. Uh, Fish sticks. What do you think? You actually had the physical one, I mean, so. I mean, look, it, it's cool. It's it's obviously cool to have lore building in so many different ways. Uh, it just it just brings me back to just how ridiculous Blizzard marketing is in general. You know, it's not just advertising on every website and TV. It's like the Ubers, the, the Ubers driving around Boston during PAX East. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Taco Bell. It's these these books. It's the animated shorts. It's everything coming together that's like the marketing machine that Blizzard mm-hmm. has employed here. And it's just kind of mind-blowing to even think like, Man, how big is that team putting together the whole promotion strategy for this game? It's actually crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the comic was cool. It's only a couple pages, frankly, but yeah, uh, it was it's cool really short. Up. And it brings out McCree's personality. He's a good guy. So that was interesting. I don't know. He's an outlaw, but with a good heart <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Reinforce, what do you think? I keep calling you yeah, Reinforce really like now. Now, yeah. that you, now that you put that it's in It's like my a head, curse, man. Ryan Everyone does it. Yeah. Exactly. It's because it's like Reinhardt. It's right. Reinhardt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it just works well together. I've dealt with this for like three years by now, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just used to it. <laughs> right. People call me whatever. I'm just. Hey, sure man, at least your name no, is but not I really like it. Okay. <laughs> Us Americans well, don't know yeah. how to pronounce that. Everybody's calling him all kinds of different things at this point. Yeah. It's just Twick. Can we just like. Tweak, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you. Tweak. Yeah, but I, uh, I really like the comic. A few times. There's no yeah. I. Just pretend there's no I. Tweak. Tweak. <laughs> it's something in between right. what I say and what. It's, okay, we'll have to practice that. So, comic. Yeah. But I like, the, I like the comic. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, really cool. It was kind of short. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I guess it was the first comic. Yeah, the very first one. Uh, yeah. So, it's kind of fun how like they're trying to build like a mystery mm-hmm. or like a storyline. Yeah. And you don't know anything about it. Like, there were robots on the train or whatever it was. But, like, what are these robots doing here? You know, they put in these small, like, details that you yeah. don't know about. And so, they're, like, you'll figure it out as it goes on. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. I just put small pieces and then let the community speculate about what's going I on. I just assume and... all robots are Omnics. And I just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in the short, we saw... Dominics are cool guys that want peace, or some of them. You know? Some of them. Some so, of them until they get assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't actually know the storyline that well, but Yeah. Well what was interesting at the end of it was that whatever was valuable, he just kinda kicked off the train, which was that was surprising. Yeah, that was I thought he would weird. try to, you know, keep it in some way or, or at least hold it and, and have them continue chasing him, but it was kind of the opposite there, which I mean it was, was like cool. a purple glowing box. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Don't really know what you want that for. It's a legendary screen. Exactly. Yeah. It's an epic. Oh. What are you talking about? That's epic, like, sorry. There's lots of great epic things. Jesus. There. No. Uh, but overall, I think the artwork was great. Uh, it's done by Bengal. And from some of my friends who are you know just big in the comics, Bengal's apparently an artist that's uh, a huge up-and-coming artist. So uh, they hired somebody definitely great to do the artwork here. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to some awesome comics to follow up to when they ever launched i'm thinking this is just a tiny preview and that we'll see you know more yeah, like yeah. full-blown episode whenever we imagine like graphic novels issue. and like mm-hmm. yeah i mean crazy exactly this is gonna be awesome all this media I mean, around it man we got like two of those um 
animated shorts. Is that what you call them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, another one's supposed yeah, to be coming out. We got like two soon. of them in beta. Yeah, so yeah. like they're doing it on a good tempo, but if they want to build a world as like World of Warcraft or something similar, yeah. um, I think it's going to be hard to keep this tempo up, you know? I mean, eventually they the ended up doing a movie for World of Warcraft, so yeah, yeah, it would be exactly. really cool if we but... got to see that like 10 years down the road. There's just like an Overwatch movie in the works. So. Yeah, you just need to get there. And um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if they can keep it up because it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think when, when, when launch happens, we might be like, again, these might all just be tidbits. Who knows what happens after launch? Maybe they'll have like longer shorts and, and obviously longer uh, uh, comic books. And I don't know, maybe little toys right off the bat too on, on like shelves at Target and stuff like that. We'll have to see, man. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think this thing yeah, is going sure, to be... I'm sure we'll see that. I'm sure. They probably already money. are somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's transition over to uh, PAX. So PAX East just happened this weekend. Uh, Fish Sticks was there and lots of coverage from Twitch with uh, the tournament that was happening in the arena as well as all these Uber cars that were badass oh just going around so sick. some of them driving a little crazy but 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 generally they're pretty awesome looking and you can actually get we saw all kinds of pictures with tracer with lamborghinis and stuff too uh ben why don't you talk a little bit about pax east uh pax east was awesome and overwatch had quite the presence on the show floor it was uh the pax arena which was kind of the esports thing that twitch and read pop did for or actually have been doing now for a couple paxes uh, they had a big area. They had a jib. They had a serious had a gym? Wow. jib, like a straight up gigantic crane cam. Even though there was only like 40, <laughs> 50, 60 seats in the audience, they had a legitimate jib to show everything, which is like if you're a production person, like this is yeah. fancy ass technology, man. Um, but it wasn't just that. They were also had their own booth where they had uh, the console version, the PS4 version, and they had the Xbox version in the in the Microsoft Xbox booth as well. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as I could see, there was like always a line to play, uh, both in the PAX Arena area and in the in the Overwatch booth area. I didn't really check out the Microsoft area, but how the console obviously everyone how the console versions look? Did you get? Oh uh, well, to... I got a chance to play the, yeah. the console version a tiny bit when I visited Blizzard, and I don't play consoles at all, <laughs> especially not FPS on consoles. So. I'm not really the best one to judge, but yeah, it feels feels felt good. Like mm -hmm. it has a little bit of auto aim, so you could zip around as tracer and still hit people. Um, really, which is needed that's gonna for be great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I still remember how they had that like the first few days of uh, closed beta. Like it was in the game. So, oh, really? Uh, Even on PC? Yeah. If you oh, play with a controller, if you play, if you played any Battleborn during the really? beta Battleborn, there was actually auto aim in that game, and it was PC. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's just a thing that games are putting in now. Like, I don't know. I mean, it was an accident from Blizzard side, <laughs> but it was kind of funny. Like the first few days of closed beta, how like tracer players had like auto aim on and shit on pubs. <laughs> So, it was on balance. I wouldn't put on auto aim. That's the one character I wouldn't do. Okay, cool. And then, I mean, yeah, and going back to just how amazing Blizzard's marketing is, the Uber cars were ridiculous. <laughs> they all looked so sick in person. Mm -hmm. And of course, Blizzard, they didn't just hire the cars and the drivers. <laughs> they like picked up all like the biggest Twitch influencers from the airport. <laughs> they sent them all their own Lamborghinis. Smart. So, of course, they're all taking Smart. photos and like social media and all that stuff uh so yeah that was that was ridiculous uh but then of course we also had the first ever LAN event in north america mm -hmm. um which was an open tournament 
where basically completely random people signed up. There were only a, a few pre-made teams. Not, I shouldn't even say pre-made. Like there were just people who like knew each other that made teams. Um, and even those teams, even the winning team that ended up winning the whole tournament had several people that had never played the game. So mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting to see what, kind of like what, what newbies, the newbies approach to Overwatch. <laughs> approach. But I will say one Such of the guys on Team Dynamic, uh, Boozer, uh, B-U-S-W-R, his Widowmaker was super sick. Like he had a really yeah. sick Widowmaker. So I think in my head, I'm thinking, and he's never played before, so I'm thinking, yeah, man, maybe Reddit's right. Maybe once once everybody has their hands on this game, we're going to start to see a ton of new talent come out of the woodwork. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we always knew that that was the case, but it was it was good to see someone who had never played that was actually like super impressive with Widowmaker. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also had the pleasure of commentating the Penny Arcade for the uh, oh, yeah. Overwatch for the Watch show match which was gabe and taiko uh from penny arcade going at it with like a team of industry insiders and just like their friends and then of course that was even lower level than the rest of the stuff but it was still really fun because like penny arcade it's all about the pax guys it's all about the comic it's all about the characters like you know obviously it's a huge nerd convention of all of of various like all nerd cultures at penny arcade but still has a still has a huge fan base there so the crowd was huge like every seat was taken and people were just Mm -hmm. crowding around the entire area so at max i think we definitely had several hundred people probably 500 plus people crowding around like every both sides of the pax arena like street fighter was over for the day so Mm -hmm. i didn't even see the other side so who knows it actually might have been more um and they were getting pretty hype the shit talk um, so like, for that game was golden. That was <laughs> it was good. It was so good. good. Rachel did a good job of teasing that out of them. That's uh, true. No, but they were. I, they I were don't prepared. think they needed much teasing. No, they, they didn't. They didn't. No, that's uh, it that's was great. The, that's the beauty of seeing like you know sometimes non pros play right, and especially friends playing. I mean, this is this is what happens when I play with my friends. Just a bunch of shit talking going on. That can be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the the one thing that I was looking out for the most with mm-hmm. this tournament, um, I, I was shout I shoutcasted probably like five or six games throughout the weekend mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. One thing I was looking out for most is to discern like what the audience reacted most to, and obviously most people in the audience haven't played. Maybe they've watched some YouTube videos, but the majority of people haven't even played the game. Uh, but people were still ooing and aahing with big moments. Um, the one thing I thought I found kind of funny is like. Widowmaker was like the thing everyone went crazy. Like when it, when you were in watching first person Widowmaker, when someone when they have a good snipe, the audience would just erupt. So really? that was cool to see. Okay, yeah, it happened many times. I mean, if you go watch the VOD, I can post that in chat for you guys of the watch show match. You can you can hear the audience gets really hyped for some moments. People love snipers, um, man. There's something about snipers. Yeah. How was the there, observing like, for the tournament? Uh, was it, it was like decent. a lot of first person or who did it actually who did the we, observing uh, so ZP and mm-hmm. Jason Kaplan oh, were okay. the two <laughs> that did it yeah so if one of the one, one of them was you know they, they both casted the tournament as well so yep. uh, one of them was always that's why they didn't cast together because one of them was always running the cams um, and of course ZP runs way more first person than I like but <laughs> he did fine he did great hey, preference. Um, like yeah. he did a pretty good job yeah, because awesome. it's really easy to follow a Widowmaker if you make a lot of kills. You know, if you get four yeah. kills yeah. at one point. If these, yeah. if she's so in a hard. great spot, I mean, it actually, first person is like pretty awesome for yeah. for her. 
but yeah. the casting was great. It was great seeing you guys um, together. You know, like seeing different combinations of you guys. You know, it's cool. And then Elohim was in some of those too. It's nice seeing you know kind of his his energy and voice being uh, uh, comboed with your, you guys yeah. too. So that's cool. I actually really oh, enjoyed great his voice casting. casting. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't ever do it. So this is like on the fly, Elohim. You know, just kind of a natural at at doing it. So. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I cool. actually really enjoyed when he was casting. It was, it was mm-hmm. funny, but it was also like, wow, he's actually he's actually good at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was super stoked to cast with him because mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite people in the Twitch community. Yep. Like, we actually, awesome. every PAX, I always hang out with him at least one of the two of the nights we will hang out. Um, so it was awesome casting with him. And then also Seltzer, Rachel, mm-hmm. is also one of my closest friends in the entire esports industry. So I casted on stage with, like, two of my really close friends, which... A personal level was fucking yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Did you get a chance to go back and see like the vods of Twitch chat or anything like that while you were casting? <laughs> of course. It's first thing I did when I got home yesterday. Wow, really? There was one part I remember you were you were casting with Elo and you like touched his shoulder or his back or something like that, and the whole Twitch chat just went crazy. They were like touching. It was so funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> that's a funny thing for them to go crazy about so all he did was just touch Ello's shoulder and then it was just right. like gone Twitch chat was gone yeah sounds no, like that's Twitch chat that, that was definitely cool I mean Ello <laughs> you know Ello was part of the initial reveal right of Overwatch uh, I think it was the first Twitch stream right and I think we haven't yeah. really I mean he definitely plays Overwatch from time to time but I don't think we've seen him on like official kind of events since then so it was definitely great seeing him and Rach I mean Rach has been wanting you know like we need to see Rach more in, in Overwatch too. So, like, I'm. I'm I oh, you will. Don't yeah. worry. I was really happy to see. She's Rach obs- doing something. She's as obsessed as she I am. She loves man. this game. Like every time, like every time I talk to Rach, she loves this game. So, um, just it's just more of just finding, you know, like finding a place to host or to cast or whatever. So, definitely, you know, t- keep an eye on Seltzer too, guys. Uh, if you you know have, have events or whatnot. Okay. Well, let me switch back here. Such great action here that we. Uh, we got here that fish sticks kind of linked me just to the VOD. Very cool. Next, did you guys uh, catch the picture of um, the Uber car accident that happened? Yeah, like the, the, the truck. Seventy six one. That's hilarious. Yeah. JP was in that car. Wait, wait, what? Oh, really? He was. Yeah, JP, JP, and a bunch of other influencers were in that car when they had that accident. That's what I heard. I didn't hear it from him. Wait, wait, but wait. That's what I was told. Was well, if you look at the, the picture, truck, like the the big yeah. truck. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you look at yeah. the picture, you could just see like Soldier Seventy Six cosplayers just stepping out, walking towards the police. <laughs> and like, if you look at the other car, the the car they hit is totally like destroyed. Well, like it's the a back end truck. is just <laughs> your PR guys are even smarter than I thought. <laughs> I this generated like <laughs> oh my gosh, thousand tweets and like even no, more media attention. It's true, holy crap. Not sure. I'm not sure that's the attention they want. They just talked to the driver. It was a joke. It was a joke. Car accident. (laughs) Trying to like imagine in my head what that would be like. No, that would be well. There's definitely one car out of all those cars you don't want to get into an accident with. It's that big ass truck that they did. So um, that that was pretty pretty crazy for sure. That's funny that it was JP. That's that's. I mean, not funny, but you know, that was kind of coincidental. That was good thing he was in a monster truck. Yeah. yeah. Then I go. Then I go. Oh man. Your PR guys are even smarter than I thought. <laughs> I know. This generated like <laughs> oh my gosh, thousand tweets and like even no, more media attention. It's true, holy crap! 
not sure. I'm not sure <laughs> that's the attention they want. They but yeah. to the driver. It was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, yeah, accidentally yeah. run into a car. So we can get Genius, man. Genius. Um, okay, so one thing to bring up, you know, we've talked about competitive mode, right? But, you know, we've had, I guess, that event at PAX run in this, you know, new Blizzard competitive mode format, right? We didn't do payload there. Oh, we didn't do a, a stopwatch there, right? Yeah. Um, so how did that go? I think Reinforced, you guys ran a event or played an event, too, that was... Um, uh, yeah, we played in the King of the Watch tournament on Friday. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the the PAX one first, and then we'll we'll talk yeah. about the more competitive, the actual more serious one. How did that one go, Fish Sticks at uh, PAX? It went totally 100% fine. Okay. And because it was so casual, it didn't really matter yeah. to me um, what the game type was. It was more about the gameplay, bringing the audience into it, having something for the competitors to do. Uh, so I, I'm going to defer to Reinforce on this one okay. because you know our thing was so casual that I can't really... I can't really judge it off that. Well, I mean, did no viewers like uh, react to the mode at all? Was it hard to follow, or I didn't really see just didn't matter? I will say one thing. I will say one thing about it. I've been so used to casting stopwatch uh, that even though this mode should theoretically be simpler, it was actually still confusing to me because it was like if it's you only go to the control map if they're tied at the end of two maps, but like Not there were that. situations where you could be mathematically out if the if the other team if it's two one yeah, basically it has to be tied. So I mean it mm-hmm. shouldn't have been complicated, but just as a caster, like I tripped up on it like several times. So did the other casters too. Even though we talked about it, you know, I thought I had everything in my head, but then you're up there on stage and like I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not about to be like team A wins without being a hundred percent. Yeah, I'd be like, and if they might, the other team might be out of it. I'm not sure. Blah blah blah. And then someone in my ear would be like, "Yes, they're out. Yes, okay." <laughs> so, it was not actually simpler for me to understand. Hmm. Okay, I'll say that. That's interesting. I mean, I think you'll grow accustomed to it if you do it for a long yeah. period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, reinforce how about you but, yeah. what were your thoughts on actually playing it and just overall it, it was messy it really was messy <laughs> okay. um, we played a best of three versus three um versus sooner or later which mm-hmm. is a new german lineup mm-hmm. and then we qualified um to play reunited in a best of seven and um i think we had two sudden deaths on two payload maps uh, out of four so it was not that okay. bad That's, um okay but it got kind of messy because we like played payload and both teams won. Then we played Sun and Death, and then we played two best of five King of the Hill. And then we played another payload, yeah. and it was then again Sun and Death. So it was, I think it was kind of hard to follow for the casual viewer, mm-hmm. uh, and it was also really frustrating to play because it was so draining, just go back and forth in so many games. So both of the payload maps you played? No, we played when- two payload. Uh, we played four payload maps in total. Oh, two oh okay. Out on death. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, you know, when you have one format that's literally offensive defense and, you know, just sudden death thing, and then you have the, you know, the, the king of the hill maps, it, it, it does get confusing for the, for the, the viewers. And I think what they're, they'll need to do, or at least what the, a lot of the production companies will need to do or whoever's running events you're going to need some good infographics, I, I think, you know, just explaining these things. And it's up to us, too, right, like to educate 
the the viewers or at least try our best to educate the viewers as people that organize events and things like that too um you know blizzard we've always put the onus on blizzard to just come up with like you know some kind of unified you know competitive mode that's going to work in game and you know at these these type of events but you know I, I feel like we can do something to help out with that and infographics seem to work really really well i mean one thing when i was watching the whole heroes of the dorm thing you know just a kind of a different blizzard product heroes is that on espn when it was on on espn the infographics were amazing like my wife was sitting there watching with me who knows nothing about heroes who literally doesn't have much interest in in video games at all um and she was mainly watching and staying interested because of the whole college aspect of it she was understanding like all these things because of you know just these nice you know video ones like profiling of all the characters what they do and you know just like even some of them in action those help a lot you know and i think we're going to need some things like that for overwatch explaining possibly just the format too that could help quite a bit yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I get where Blizzard is coming from yeah. by doing this mode because they obviously don't like that stopwatch is so complex to follow. Yeah. Uh, with all the times, you know, oh, is this a good time? Is this a bad time? You know, you either just want to win or you want to lose the map and then go to sudden death. But it's uh, from a uh, standpoint of someone who competes, it's you get kind of salty if you lose um, or like have a better time and have to go on sudden death and then you have to play another mode. Yep. that their mind who was the better payload team so yeah i mean i guess people can follow it but i don't know okay i mean any any of your feelings changed about it like after getting a chance to see it and do it some because we left last show fish sticks with let's just do it at an event and see how it goes right before we we go continue going a, a just crazy over it uh so any thought any of your feelings change at all Oh, me? <laughs> I mean, anybody, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking to Reinforce. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see those games. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. Uh, I think the, the one thing that's kind of been bobbling around in my head is that a lot of people say like, oh, Stopwatch changes the game because you play strategies that, that just get you through the map fast. And on defense, you just try to delay them. And it changes how you play the game. And... I don't. I don't really buy that. Like, isn't a fast strategy the best strategy to get through the map? Like, um, it just seems weird. Right. The I only case where I think that comes into play is like when the other team attacks first, and then you know what time you have to beat. Yeah. But exactly. I don't know. I just don't buy that one. That one. I mean, argument. some teams are very confident in their attacking sides because yeah. um, some teams just getting like a four-minute time on King's Row is very simple for some because mm-hmm. they're so good at like reunited. They're like so good at like second point king's row attacking so i think they can play around more on defensive just to like delay the other team just a tiny bit hmm. okay okay all right interesting but but safe to say reinforce you're you're not super happy with that <laughs> no 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 you can't tell by just happy. the enthusiasm no. <laughs> yeah yeah okay no i wasn't happy before and i'm not happy after the tournament um but I do. I I must say, like I agree, or um, I see where Blizzard is coming from, and why they wanted to try it. But no, it's not the right approach. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Well, why don't we transition into uh, just esports news, just uh, in a little bit of meta too. Uh, one of the big things that happened this past week was Team Envious. <laughs> so they just disbanded, Damn. and now they announced. Um, I think the first like mini announcement was Tails. Well, you know, Tailspin was kind of joining IDDQ, and then 
basically IDDQ joining, uh, IDDQD joining Team Envious, or Envious picking them up, and now they have a team again. So uh, this is pretty big news. Obviously, IDDQD was looking for um, you know just uh, somebody to pick them up for a while now, like trying all kinds of different organizations. And um, the timing of this is after obviously uh, Mendo and Tavik, you know, leaving leaving the team, and there's being some disarray there. So the timing of all this is kind of surprising to me because I've, I felt like they were still trying to solidify the team, and and um, now that Team Envious is picking them up, I guess they're they're uh, pretty good with their team. Uh, any thoughts on the news, Fishsticks? Oh man, I have so many thoughts. I mean. Yeah. I am a envious fan. I am a I'm a fan of Hastro, Mike. He's a really great oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still feel like this is a weird snap mm-hmm. pickup because they ha- this team hasn't played together. I mean, IDDQD since they lost Mendo and Tvik, 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 Um <laughs> They just haven't they haven't played as like they're still a great team, obviously, but. They haven't played at a super high level. Now they're playing with Tailspin, who's a great player. I think he's one of the best DPS players in North America, if not the world. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is a very unproven team now. Um, and it's also weird to me because it's five Europeans and one American, uh, <laughs> yeah. which just, just seems slightly awkward. And like even going further back, like Taimu even playing for IDDQD now in the That's first true. place was like a snap you know, decision two days before my tournament. You know, he left Envious to play with them. So this this roster in its current form hasn't been proven at all. Uh, so I was surprised to hear that this happened. I knew that, you know, Mike Hastro wanted to get stay in the space and pick up another mm-hmm. team. I'm just surprised they didn't wait a little bit longer or, uh, or approach other teams. I, I mean, I don't know the, what happened on the back end, but that's my... That's my opinion on the matter, I guess. Yeah, Shade, you were the first, I think, amongst us to call the whole Tailspin thing, too. So um, what are your thoughts on on the pickup? I mean, I don't know. Just everything that's gone on with teams in the last, like, two weeks is just kind of strange to me because, like, we're so close to game launch and to make all of these huge changes now doesn't really (laughs) make sense to me. Like, there's no more tournaments until... I guess, like, the 7th or the 8th when we f- finish out Overkill. But then, like, after that, the game's going to be down again for two weeks. And then there's going to be, like, literally a shit ton of new players in the game. So why not just, like, stick it out until then? Like, just play together until you don't have to anymore? Like, until the end of Overkill? Because, like, now with the new IDDQD changes, like they still have to play with some other old roster anyways. Like Tailspin can't play in Overkill. Like he he's not allowed to play in it. So he's sitting on the bench basically. So they're gonna still play with their old roster anyways. Hmm. So I don't yeah, I really understand why people aren't just like, just stick it out and then make whatever changes afterwards, but at least you'll have more options for people to play with at that point. So I see. So I you're, you're talking more from the standpoint of players sticking it out on the teams that they're they work. Yeah. On. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think it's I kind know. of interesting that weird. that ha- you know that the teams are even picking up. You know, I, I'm kind of looking at it from the team standpoint too. It's kind of surprising given that launch is about to happen too, and we're going to see a huge influx of players at that moment. Um, that teams are are picking especially at this state when team like like some of these teams are forming for the first time and or at least solidifying a, a few of their slots for the first time but um you know 
I mean, I guess if you're going to run with a team, you might as well run with IDDQD. At least the majority of that, that roster obviously has been been very, very successful in the beta. So, yeah, well, yeah, and I'd on top of that, to... someone... Oh, sorry. go ahead. Someone just mentioned in chat, too, we don't know what Blizzard's plans are as far as, like, allowing certain players to play on certain teams. Like, for all we know, Blizzard wants to region lock things, and Tailspin wouldn't be able to play on IDQD anyways. So... Right. I don't know. Just I would just wait until Blizzard announces what they want to do, and mm-hmm. wait until the game releases, and try to just stick it out till then. I really feel like it doesn't really make sense for the changes that have happened this week to have actually happened. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would ask Reinforce. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. First off, am I lagging? To be no, uh, you're fine. Huh? You're fine. Uh, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, because yeah, you're uh, you're a bit robotic to me, so I don't okay. know. Okay. You sound um, fine. No, do you think this team is is strong? Are they going to be a top team in Europe? Um, I, I don't know actually. Uh, we played Envious before they disbanded, and even then they were quite strong. Like we played yeah, like 50, 50 games versus mm-hmm. them, um, and I don't know why they disbanded. I guess it was like player motivation or something like that. Um, but I think this lineup will be really good. Uh, then I don't know how like Tailspin will do considering Ping and all that uh, because he's West Coast, if I recall correctly. So like it's even bigger of a ping difference. No, I think he's like central, but yeah, yeah. I don't think he's west. Uh, But regardless, the ping, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, what he plays too. Yeah, I don't know. Is he that strong of a Genji player? Because I know he has a really good Farah, and like he's a good uh, flex DPS player. He's a good Genji player. I wouldn't say top, but he's he's not known for his Genji. Yeah, I wouldn't say top. I mean, we don't. We don't. We don't scream NA teams that often, so I don't know that much about uh, LG and Envious and Cloud9. But there's um, a reason for that. The ping is terrible, so freaking Tailspin <laughs> yeah, yeah, is now going to play on terrible ping and lag compensation that's gone down the toilet since the 60 hertz servers. Like, has that been fixed? The the issues with lag compensation and ping that came along with the 60 hertz servers in custom games? Uh, I actually don't know if they're properly fixed. But I mean, there's still some issues. We've screamed uh, IDQD, the new lineup, a couple of times. Um, and there's definitely some noticeable moments where Tailspin just spats it out and just like invulnerable flame, frames and all that. So hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird of a situation, but I think they'll do really good. Um, they're trying out a bunch of new stuff and Hulk is really good at coming up with new strats and such. So I'm really looking forward to see what they can do. Yeah, and I'm just glad Envious is still in the space. It would be a it would be a real shame if they got cold feet and just were like, "Oh, we don't want a team anymore. See you yeah. later." No, that's good. I mean, I think they're. I'm not sure how working like. Um, I'm not sure how you work a team, but I think it's about the publicity a bit. You know, it's open beta, launch coming up. You know, you you want a team just for the publicity, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know Hasro's motivations behind picking up IDQD, but it's a solid team, so I guess it's justified. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of roster changes, my dongs had some roster changes too. Um, you know, Mendo, like particularly making news by leaving the team and being replaced by Impulse, or some folks know him as uh, IDQD. Yeah, yeah, sorry, IDQD. A lot of people know him. That. Um, yeah, talk about that. So Mendo obviously was one of those you know big names with Tavik or Tavik, <laughs> whatever Tavik, or uh, and it's starting fine, the team. Fine. Yeah, starting the team. And, uh, you know, them being kind of a duo, right? Like, you, you'd figure they were going to stay together. But now, you know, Mendo's leaving the team. So talk about that a little bit. Uh, oof. 
I don't know where to start really. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, no, it's it's not like I feel kind of bad for Mando because when he left IDKD, there was like so much drama surrounding yeah. him. And uh, I think when Hulk write the statement uh, regarding it, he didn't like even thank Mando for the time or like wish him best of luck. So I feel kind of bad for Mando in that sense. And now I feel kind of bad for Mando for leaving the team so early because he's just going to continue, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just going to... People are going to be like, oh, do we really want to play with this guy? But like mm-hmm. the truth is that he's a really talented guy, probably one of the best Overwatch players in the world. So it's mm-hmm. kind of sad in that sense. And really the reasons why um, we decided to go with LDKD instead is basically just that Mando wasn't feeling the role of playing Flex with like Saurus and stuff. And we all know he's a really good Genu player, mm-hmm. Tracer, and even McCree. So it was just like mutual that uh, it's better if he just leaves the team, finds an, a new team with better teammates he can play with, and he finds more comfortable playing with. Yeah. God, I, I <laughs> freaking Mendo, man. Like, yeah. I don't know if he's watching right now. Like no hard feelings, dude. But you you almost destroyed my tournament by leaving IDDQD in the first place, <laughs> and then you joined this new team, and then like five days later you leave it. Like I, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, I mean, I'm not entirely sure that was all like Mendo yeah, either. I don't know if we can I, just yeah, keep and that, and that's why I don't know. That's why I can kind of feel bad for him because he has to go through all of this when it really isn't that big and. People are like, oh, you know, Mendo's this toxic kid. When it's really not true. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed playing with him. Um, And, I mean, I'd play with him in the future as well if the opportunity was given. It was just a better choice for the team and him personally to grow as a player. So there's not really anything more to it. How much of this is your choice as a team together, like five out of six players deciding something as opposed to, like, a coach opinion being involved? Well... (laughs) <laughs> no i was yeah, just thinking right in there. i was just shade. yeah i was just thinking shade because you know we have a coach and and you try to angle it I a do bit i don't know what, i don't know what you're looking for no it was definitely a team decision and we voiced yeah. our concerns to mando like and he was like yeah i'm kind of feeling the same way and it's just we just sat on team speak one day and was like yeah i mean might as well try something it's else. not a good fit i mean you're that's true. just that's all it was right okay well um how are you guys feeling with IDDQD? Uh, we have a, we just had like two days of scrimming. Uh, it wasn't really that effective. We had like two mm-hmm. teams cancel on us. So we got like four or five hours in total of scrimming and then some strat talk. So not that big. Uh, I, I don't Hard really have a first impression or anything. Okay. Yeah. But we all know he's a really good player, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember his Tracer games playing for Impulse and all that. Uh, we don't know he's like a really good player, so I'm looking forward to playing with him. He's really a cool guy as well. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about. Part of me finds it a little oh. bit ironic that like all of these team changes happened, and it's just like uh, I don't know, like why why leave IDQD in the first place if you're just gonna like ditch one of the people like five days later. Uh, shit happens. This community is very immature. Yeah. That's one thing I'm, I mean, I'm learning more and more. I mean, more. I think, <laughs> in my to... personal opinion, I think now is the t- time to change players. That's probably because true, so too. far in the beta, we've like seen that the teams that shine are the ones that play together the most. 
so now is the time where you want to like do roster changes and all that. And then when the big tournaments come, you have a solid lineup and you know who you're playing with and why you're playing with them and all that. So I think now is yeah. the time to do roster changes. Yeah. I think the, the one question I have is like uh, now who's Impulse 11 going to get? Because like Didn't that, they just that disband? Team a, did they disband? I don't know. They had a Pretty lot sure of likely momentum. said something about them disbanding. They weren't sure, I think. Um, I don't know. Any, I haven't spoken to anyone uh, in that team. Yeah. I don't know what they're gonna do or what their plans are. Um, I mean, it's pretty hard for a team to bounce back when one of their core people is gone. I think Kitty yeah. was probably one of their core players. This would all be a lot easier if there was more talent available. But well, we're about fatal. to see a lot of talent. I think become yeah. available soon. Um, yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see if. But yeah, Impulse Eleven sticks around after. Uh, I don't know, the open beta, we, we might actually see some activity even just in that week. You know, I think people will be playing like some people will be playing eighteen, twenty hours a day. I think during that week, just to try to get as much in as possible because of the two week break coming up after that. Um, so maybe we'll we'll see some news there too. Because uh, the only event is the finish of the Overkill event, right? Is there anything else going on for open? I'm sure. No, dude. I'm sure there's going to be fifteen things actually. Really? Okay. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I don't know about them, but. There was definitely plans of stuff to happen, but I guess it didn't actually end up going through. But. Okay, for open. I, I haven't yeah. heard anything yet, so... I, I'm thinking it goes to Gamer to probably do something, right, uh, during that this week. I'd be really surprised if they, they didn't. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Well, definitely keep a lookout on that, and you know, obviously folks that are uh, you know wanting to check out any kind of competitive Overwatch, be sure to watch the finale of the Overkill King of the, the, King of the Beta event, as well as whatever else pops up. Uh, let's talk about meta a little bit. Uh, so after our show last week, you know there are still some matches to be played in the Overkill tournament that we were just talking about. In the North, Am- was it North American? No, it was it was. Uh, wait, which groups was it last week? It was European groups. Wait, which 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 groups was it last week? For Overkill, it was like a p- combination of both, right? Because the schedule was all messed up. So we played a little bit. Yeah, of they NA, did both. Yeah, a little bit NA, a little bit of EU. And um, I know, Fishix, you wanted to talk about uh, this particular LG Cloud9 match, right? That had yeah, some interesting yeah. characters being played at the top level here. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, if, uh, if anyone from the OW Discord is watching right now, I, I might catch a lot of shit for what I'm about to say. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to give so much credit to, uh, to Seagull. Because I literally think we just saw like a landmark moment in the competitive scene uh, with his pick of Bastion on control maps, where now for what, one, two, three months or whatever, basically ever since the control maps came out, everyone's been like, oh, Tracer is so OP, you have to use Tracer. And mostly, you know, mostly Winston's as well, like at least one Winston, two Tracers as being like the core part of everyone's strategy. Everyone's saying, oh my God, Tracer's unbeatable. She's way, way, way too strong, blah, 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 blah. Winston's too strong, this composition, so on and so forth. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, uh, Seagull pulls out a Bastion and he said on stream the next day that they didn't even practice this strategy. This wasn't even something that they practiced as a team. They were just, they were really sick of losing to Cloud9, so they were trying something new. And they pull out a Bastion and, it worked so freaking well <laughs> that yeah. Cloud9 had to adjust their hero composition to try to deal with it. They did it. They weren't able to do it. They weren't able to find the appropriate composition. But then, you know, Cloud9 changed their composition. Then LG responded to that by changing their composition again. And then they went back to Bastion after. And it was actually the first time 
that I have watched a competitive game where teams did like rapid hero swapping, like right. you know, spawn wave mm-hmm. after spawn wave, hero swapping on one side, then the other side mm-hmm. would have to respond to that. Um, so I just want to say thank you, Siegel, for trying this. And mm-hmm. like, I'm just so glad because I feel like teams. Uh, look, I'm not a I'm not a top level level player. I wish I had more time to watch scrims. I don't have enough time to watch scrims to really stay in tune to the meta as close as some people are. But I, I've just I've I've been feeling like for the longest time that teams are just not not even trying to be creative sometimes in these tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, not even trying to ch- catch their opponent off guard with crazy hero compositions. So we've only seen it a couple of times. And I'm just, I'm just so glad we saw it because that was exciting as all hell to see the hero swaps and then the counter hero swaps and then the counters to the counters and the counters to the counters of the counter. And then you start from point A again. Like that is exactly where I think this game is going to shine. And I really hope that that encourages other teams to just try new things. And it's like, especially now, there isn't any money on the line yet. Like just try new things, please. I beg of you. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think you'll really enjoy if you watch the vods of uh, Maidong versus Reunited. Because it was basically yeah. the same yep. thing. That was good. Too. That was great, too. Yeah. Um, I want to go watch gonna them, pick, yeah. yeah. We knew they were going to pick Triple Monkey, our first King of Deal match. We just went four Sarias. And it went to shit. And then <laughs> we had to adjust. Sarius, and we didn't yes. know what to do. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you get shield charge, but it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, of course. So then we just like, I think Twick was like, fuck it, just, let's just pick a Bastion. And it kind of worked, mm-hmm. and we built on it, and then we started winning King of Deal, and it was back and forth, and it was really fun because there were so many hero swaps. Um, so I recommend check- checking it out for you, Ben. Yeah, I'd like to. And guys, I'm I'm not trying to say like everything that people know about the meta is wrong. I'm not trying to say that like Tracer's not maybe a little bit stronger than she needs to be, and Winston like double Winston isn't maybe a little bit stronger than it needs to be, but Bashan was a counter to the double Winston play. Like people, I just feel like we haven't seen people get creative enough with counters. Like, because there are some more obvious counters in this game, people just don't go to very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Shade, what do you think? I mean, it was super fun to watch for me (laughs) because. Yeah, well. I I always like seeing my team do well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know. I kind of knew it was happening, obviously. Like, I'm literally in the mumble with them when they're playing. So. I knew it was coming, and I mean, I play quick batch and, and ranked with Seagull literally every day, so I knew even then that he was thinking about it because he was playing Bastion like a shit ton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was really fun to watch, and it's stuff like yeah. that where it's like, even, it, you know, thinking about back to what Blizzard says about, oh, stopwatch isn't fun to watch, but like, even situations like that that don't even have to do with stopwatch that make the game fun. You know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. stuff like that, where it's just someone randomly pulls out something that you're not expecting them to pull out. And it's like, Oh my gosh, that was so hype. And it happened in a stopwatch game. So it doesn't like, it doesn't matter whether it's stopwatch or like blizzards Mm -hmm. format or whatever. There's still going to be things that are going to make the game hype no matter what. So I think that was something that I kind of pulled away from it specifically was that. So, I mean, yeah, I so, want to call so, out. We have we have Surefour in the chat right now, and he's saying it wasn't Bastion alone; it was because of Mercy. And yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. That's great. Right. They still made the switch, right? They switched to Bastion. They had a Zarya, so th- they were putting Zarya. I mean, that's shield just not right, true, though. Right on Bastion at the perfect timing. No, I mean, I see where he's coming from. Mercy was the reason that Bastion survived he half lived. of those exactly. engagements. He it was lived. like constant healing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was just 
Yeah, that, it, yeah, that's true, but it wasn't just all mercy either. Like, Bastion being able to oh, sorry, do as but... much damage as he does while damage boosted and having a shield on him, like, damage boosted, I think it was four seconds. Uh, I think it was Zan that said that. Damage boosted uh, Bastion can shred a Reinhardt shield in four seconds or less. Jeez. It's like, that's insane. That's insane damage. So to say, oh, it's not Bastion, it's not Bastion, it was, he was definitely doing work. Like, yeah, the Mercy's a big deal, but I mean, I mean, it kind of shines because it's so rare and his kit is so limited. Yeah. So yeah. I get where the hype is coming from. I'm happy to see it. But, but to, to, I guess, to Fistic's point, um, you know, from an abstract level, the complexity of Overwatch is very, very deep when you add the hero swapping. And I think right now it it has been, you know, for a long time it has been very static lineups. And just, I don't want to say lazy, but just being in that framework, just frame of thinking, only thinking about that and like not, you know, pushing your, you know, pushing yourself, push even mentally, like to a different level as a team too, to like try to come up with all kinds of different, you know, possibilities and counters and, you know, initiating type of, you know, lineups too. So, uh, you know, we are going to get there. It's going to take a little bit of time to, I think, get to that point and even just be successful doing those switches. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like being able to adapt as a team on the fly like that takes a lot of of being familiar with each other and communication. And that, that takes a lot of time, right? Chemistry and everything. So uh, we're seeing yep. such change, like we're shakeups with teams all the time. Like they don't even have time to really, I think, get that kind of, of comfort. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. yeah and uh, and we we to the Zircon in chat just said, just imagine what happens when the hero pool increases. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, that's exciting to think about. Like, what if we have thirty? Uh, hi, James. <laughs> like, How are you too, doing, James? Too good sighting. Everybody. Too good sighting. <laughs> uh, Andy got fired. Okay. See you later. James. <laughs> just oh, kidding. Man. I love that guy. By the way, we all love that guy. Okay, yeah. Right. So yeah, with the the pool player pool, I mean the character <laughs> pool increasing, it's just going to be insane, just just absolutely insane. And that's why there's going to be we need coaches, we need full staffs. I think working with these teams, like, going to be amazing. <laughs> oh god, they're still doing some of them back there. Yeah, oh, this god. is kind of annoying. Awesome. Damn attention horse. Welcome wars. to the attention horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, any any other I guess esports specific. Um, comments from the standpoint of closed beta summary? Uh, I'm, I just wanted to finally say I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't play around more with competitive rules and stuff like that. Oh, we kind of got this. Point. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. We kind of got this competitive mode in Overwatch and it was like that was pretty much it. Just like, no, don't play with no, uh, don't play with hero limits. That's mm-hmm. bad. That was kind of it. And I'm kind of sad because this was the time to experiment with rules and all that. I guess that's my closing point. Yeah, so close beta. Fair enough. I mean, I, I think it might have just been an issue of it just wasn't finished. Like it just wasn't ready in time. It wasn't like they were. I don't think it was like they were yeah. planning on just okay. Let's just get it in this last patch, like right before the end of close beta. Yeah. I don't think they meant to do that. So it was. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, yeah. I'm not in no way like blaming Blizzard, like saying they're bad or something. Yeah. I'm just kind of disappointed there wasn't any more time to experiment yeah i mean there's been a lot of really interesting rule sets proposed um or, or are you talking about hero limits more so or just no i'm both? just talking in general like just hero limits um some people suggested like drafts for heroes and i'm like i'm i'm against it but still just to try it you know um mm-hmm. 
it would be fun to try out more different stuff just to see what the fit is. I know, man. I, this all makes me tempted to want to organize tournaments again. And then I remember how big yeah. a pain in the ass that is. So <laughs> Yeah. No, but I it's, know. you know, it is up. T- There's been a lot of different gaming communities where the event organizers have helped define it. I mean, we, we're, I think we're, your tournaments so far, and Ghost of Gamers tournaments so far have, have helped, you know, either solidify things or give them ideas or give them data points. I, I think it is important that event organizers try different things and, and um, we have more leeway to try different things than they might have, right? Um, just building, putting in whatever competitive mode they have. That that takes a while. All like, This team has to agree on things and then there's just this, you know, dev cycle and, you know, even though it's quick for Overwatch, there's still a process where, you know, we can just do whatever we want, right? Like, they, they give us all the tools to do whatever we want. So we should. We should try it. We yeah. should, you know... I try totally drafts. Why can't we do sentiment. drafts? We could do drafts. We could do whatever, right? Eventually. Yeah. Drafts, I mean. God, why did I say drafts? I shouldn't yeah. have said drafts. <laughs> it was a bad <laughs> idea. I'm just I want saying, like what, 60 heroes in the game before we even think yeah, about drafts. I think so yeah, too. Yeah. I think I think drafting would be overkill like right now, but Right now you just um, ban Lucio and you just your team yeah. automatically wins cuz <laughs> probably, yeah. That why makes not? sense. Makes Makes sense. I'm actually gonna say that there have been more teams experimenting without Lucio, so we might see less Lucio. Really? Okay. Just put it out there. Yeah. Great. We'll see how it goes. That's, that's awesome. I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Tune in to the next tournament. To the, exactly to right. Exactly. Be, he, he's actually giving you some of his secrets, like right off the bat. Hey. Good. Be interesting what your teammates say. Okay, let's do some viewer Q and A uh, questions now. Uh, we've got a couple from last show that I, I want to definitely cover here. Uh, Life in Danger asks, um, I guess, what we think about when when Heroes of Storm was announced. It had a pro exhibition match at BlizzCon, and the following year after its release, the first BlizzCon was a 500k World Championship. So far, Blizzard has been pretty quiet about official plans for Overwatch esports. We're only six months out from BlizzCon at this point with no announcements. Are Blizzard taking esports seriously with Overwatch? Do you think they'll match the 500k Heroes of the Storm tournament? Okay, there's some people here, guys. I'm just prefacing this with that have that know some information and they they're under NDA, so they might not be able to say much. I am not one of those people, so I can just like say whatever. <laughs> but uh, I'll give you my thoughts, and then you guys can just come in with whatever. All right, from this, um, do they take no esports, comment? Do, do they take esports serious? <laughs> Absolutely, they take esports serious. Uh, do you think they'll do something at BlizzCon? Yes, I think they'll do something at BlizzCon. 500k? I'm not sure what the price pool would be. I think I think 500k would the probably... The more the better. Be, yeah, well, I think 500k would be, like, risky. I mean, it, it's... In my eyes, it's not that risky, honestly. Like, it probably would be fine being something huge, at least just, like, a single tournament. Um, but I don't I think, I think don't think it would be that high. I mean, maybe maybe 100k? Maybe 50k or something like that? And for the first half year of the game, I think that's completely acceptable. I don't know. Reinforce, would you be happy with a 100k, 50k tournament? Uh, I'd like to compare it with the Heroes of the Storm tournament. What was the first? Uh, uh, the first the one was, I think it was in that range. It might have been 50k. Yeah. Something. I think it was uh, something like that. I mean, if I was uh, eSports Wasn't that manager, just this past year? No, they had a full year. That This past year was a full year, I believe. 
This was the first. This past BlizzCon was the first World Championships. For yeah, the but they though, but right? they did a they did like an event after it was launched in August or or whatnot before. Yeah, and, or, and EG had like June. a team with Idra on it. Yeah, and they got mm-hmm. really smashed. Oh, oh, was, oh yeah, that was yeah, that they was got crazy. so destroyed. That was crazy. Yeah, so they had a half year that. before that. So this was the first full. This past year was the first full year. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I'd be happy with 100k. I mean, hmm. I think it's a pretty good amount. Um, I mean, all the big esports titles we see on Twitch nowadays—they're yeah. like four, five years old. So, I mean, 100k is a good start. I think it's stupid to just put up millions and shit from the get-go. So, yeah, that... 100k is a very good, very good. I mean, money. I don't think it would be a bad idea to do to like go huge with the first one, good. if like you'll be able to tell pretty fast in the first couple of months of Overwatch actually releasing how the competitive scene is going to be, like, if it's going to be able to stand on its own with the likes of, like, CSGO or League of Legends, if that's even a possibility. So if Blizzard ends up seeing, you know, Overwatch is going to do really well and we want esports to really just kind of, like, start off with a bang, then, yeah, having a huge prize pool for your first tournament wouldn't actually be a bad idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problem is that you never want your game to, like... um... Uh, decline or whatever you know you always want it to be able to rise so you want the price pool to always be higher <laughs> yeah, each year that's true so in that from that standpoint it's kind of stupid to just start out with a high amount and just see how it goes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. i mean just, i'm almost afraid to, to ask wait. you anything yeah. dude. no it's fine you'll have to wait and see i think yeah what, what we can do is compare it directly to hots i think that's a great way to start this out yeah uh hots at this period in the in the in the beta had very few tournaments it was uh slow going the tournaments weren't getting shit for viewers uh so the fact like we're already way ahead of the curve compared to something like hots um which i will remind everybody blizzard explicitly said that they weren't going to push hots as an esport uh unless you know they really felt like the community was ready for it blah 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 and guess what the next year they had like they announced 1.5 million dollars in a circuit so okay they have been actually more uh, upfront with the fact that they see this game as an esport first, as a competitive game first, before before anything else. You know, they they pitched it as a competitive title. So, hmm. I think that that should be proof enough to you guys that like Blizzard's going to support this. I mean, Hearthstone has an incredible amount of RNG in it. You know, it's hey, questionable whether hey. it's like, the most legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> competitive game ever but you know poker's out there too so uh not not no no hate on hearthstone but like look, they, they supported hearthstone they supported hots even when they said that they were gonna like take take it easy with these games they supported it with 250k tournaments at the yep. very first blizzcon that mm-hmm. thought it was really like legitimately out so i would be shocked if we don't see as big or bigger than what we saw with with hots in the first year um Okay, so yes, I, uh, I'll throw out a question. Yeah. It, you know, there's definitely been some developers who've gone the, the crazy million dollars. You know, like when, when you talk about prize pool, you can either look at it from the standpoint of, okay, does this event warrant that amount of money from the standpoint of just return, like views and that sort of thing? Um, you just from just eyes and, and, and um, impressions and things like that and, and from sponsorships and, th- and does it warrant that? Or you could take the other part, uh, standpoint where it's just pure marketing. It's just a way to just get like instant, you know, uh, exposure. Kind of like what Valve did initially with Dota, 
you know, Dota 2, right? Like, the very, very first one was just, like, a million-dollar tournament that, like, the game's barely even out, right? And they, they kind of yeah, got... that's actually true. Yeah, they got they had, like, huge hype behind it. So I'll throw this question out. What what if Blizzard did do, like, a million dollars for this first one? Just something crazy. Would that be a bad idea? Uh, hard to say, man. Hard to say. Not really yeah, hard to say. Like, what, what, do you th- what do you think, like, I like, actually personally... Think- I actually think if they made like a very big prize pool, yeah. a lot of uh, people outside of esports would yeah. be really interested just for the sheer prize pool. So like, Dreben mm. talks about the E League, just like hinting on like Twitter and shit. Yeah. So I mean, it'd be fun to see stuff on like E League for Overwatch, things like that. Mm. And I, mean, I think it's more likely to happen if they put up million dollar prize pools or whatnot. I think that would definitely draw people into the game that might not otherwise come to the game, but Blizzard's never been one to jump in head yeah. first into something without like doing a lot of research on their own and having like mm-hmm. a safety net, I guess. So I don't see them doing like a million dollar prize pool because that's kind of a huge commitment, but Yeah, I mean Blizzard that's Activision Blizzard we're talking about here. They got deep pockets. So hey man it's not going to be too too much sweat off their back either way. A uh, million dollars here, a million dollars there. Right. Yeah. It's more like the failure or success of it, though. Like like I said, Blizzard has not been the developer that's jumped into something like just kind of recklessly before and thrown a bunch of money for no reason. Like it took them what, a year and a half, two years to start throwing money at Hots competitive, Hots esports. So I don't know. I don't see them doing something like that big. I guess is their first thing. It'd be a pretty bold move. They definitely change everybody's opinion of how how bold they are if they did do it with Overwatch. Actually, that would be amazing. Gizmo PT in chat said they should give those Lambos out as a prize. That would be sick. <laughs> that yes. would be like actually a that would be to sick. the history of esports. Yeah, guys, because uh, the, the first ever big esports yeah. tournament, Thresh won. Yeah, not a Lambo. It was a it's Ferrari. I forget it's a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I'd that, like to that would be a Lambo. sick throwback. Give me yeah. the keys. Give me the keys. Well, how are you going to do yeah. it? There's five of you guys. So um, each of you guys a Lambo? That would that would pretty yeah, much we, be we, a, yeah. a million bucks. So. I mean, I don't even have a driving license, but if I got the car, maybe I'll reconsider. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I like what uh, James Too Good is saying in chat as well. Is like the prize pool is important, but you also have to build all the storyline and the production value and all these other things. Oh, so like, okay. yeah, you only want a million dollar prize pool if they're also spending a million dollars on like pre-produced videos and you know, of course. hype leading up to the event and advertising and all that stuff. So I definitely agree with that. We'll have to have James on here one of these days. I mean, he could talk for days on how to try to make the uh, production something that's worthy, I guess, of that, that kind of hype. Uh, any other questions, guys? Just go ahead and type it in the Twitch chat. We'll, we'll take maybe one or two more and then we'll call it a day. Um, hadn't been too many tweeted. You can tweet it at, at V too if you want me to see it like immediately. Uh, actually, Life has another one. He has like four of them here, so I might as well read one of them. Um, let's see, this one. This one's probably not. Uh, let's see. I guess how could a franchised league even work with Overwatch? Would organizations bid for spots in the league? Would the franchises then draft whole entire teams like CSGO or CGS Combine? How would a franchise league handle something like esports as a different region? EU, NA, Korea, China. We're seeing that for the first time now kind of with ECS, uh, which is the Counter-Strike League that 
mm-hmm. just announced what two three weeks ago yeah. um, that Twitch Twitch and Faceit kind of put together, where the teams actually buy into being part of the league and have like some percentage ownership. So we're seeing that happen now for the very first time uh, in esports history, as far as I know, other than CGS, which like almost doesn't count. It's like yeah. almost a beast of its own. Uh, so I don't know. Like I'd love to theory craft about it, but you'd probably be better off asking somebody who's in within the sports, like mainstream sports industry, because right. that's how it works uh, in a ton of the mainstream sports. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, think uh, just on a general level, I, I personally think the move towards more mainstream sports models is almost inevitable for the whole esports industry. Like LCS has a really, really good proven model uh, that has worked super well for them. Um, it's mm-hmm. made a lot, a lot of players very financially stable. It's consistent storylines. You see a lot of the same teams over and over again. Um, so it's not quite exactly what you're talking about with franchising and close. buying in and pretty stuff close. like that. But it's somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you look at games like Dota 2, which is, by the way, doing much better recently in terms of viewership and stuff. But you go back to like 2013, and there was a huge tournament with every top team two to three times a month. And there were, it was impossible as a as someone just as a fan to watch everything and understand the storylines. Like the hardcore fans, sure they're happy, but the tangential fan, it's like what matters, what's important. I mean, you have TI obviously, but like the rest of the year just became this kind of clusterfuck of event after event after event after event. So I honestly think that it's a good thing for the esports industry ultimately to move more to a mainstream sports model where it's like. Uh, one organization controls the league, right? Of course, there'll be minor leagues, there will be collegiate leagues, there will be leagues in different parts of the world, whatever, tournaments, amateur, whatever. But I think it makes a lot of sense for someone like Blizzard. They have the resources to come in and do this. And, um, you know, Counter-Strike has continued to explode. But even there, I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Like, the majors still get over a million concurrent viewers, but it's not like the viewership has grown much uh, from major to major. Uh, And they're, like... When NIP, so uh, God, it'd be crazy just to see one million on a on a single stream. That'd be pretty sweet for a CS:GO or that, that would heck, be even Overwatch. Overwatch would be amazing, man. Totally awesome. Uh, any other questions? One last question. That's not too good. <laughs> yeah, can you grow more than like four or five hundred concurrent like on a single stream? That, that's. Uh, that's asking a lot for that to continue to grow, but we are going to see it on you know the E League on mainstream, and maybe they'll bring in even more people to Twitch. So, uh, God, it'd be crazy just to see one million on a on a single stream. That'd be pretty sweet for a CS:GO or that, that heck, be even Overwatch. Overwatch would be amazing, man. Totally awesome. Uh, any other questions? One last question. That's not too good. <laughs> That's, Can he tweet in with a question? <laughs> I'm not even reading chat now. Stupid, uh, too good. Let me see. Okay, LNDTV. Did somebody answer this or no? Um, shoot, just. Okay, so are Ryu the owner of Selfless Gaming and CSGO insinuated when AZK got picked up by Liquid that it didn't matter by saying, happy for my boy Kev. The bad news is the rumors have, well, no, Blizzard, yeah, in draft systems. Uh, is Blizzard actually going to use some sort of draft system into some sort of franchise league? Okay, that was kind of like, I guess. Well, yeah, ask Blizzard, like man. Yeah, ask Blizzard, exactly. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to wait and see what they announce. Hopefully they announce something soon. Would be sick. 
Yeah, I think so too. Well, I mean, now is the time, given that BlizzCon isn't too far away. Yeah. They'll probably do it right after launch, I, I would think. It'd be kind yeah. of weird. To, you yeah. usually have like qualifiers in August or something. Yeah. And you need some time to prep. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's like, I think everything right now is geared towards the launch. So, I think once. Assuming the they want to have qualifiers. <laughs> That's true. It could be an invitational. You never know. But qualifiers would be probably the, the most inclusive thing. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for questions. If you guys got any more, be sure to uh, you know save them for next week because you know we'll probably be here again next week. Yeah, we'll be here next week, right? The, the open beta will be full scale. So um, whether th- during the break, I guess we'll we'll have to decide. So uh, save those questions for then. But wanted to thank Reinforce for dropping by, hanging out with us. Insights always great. Uh, again, like for I think in the player pool, you're, I think you're you're one of the players that have. Uh, you know, a lot of um, very introspective opinions, you know, on, on how everything is going. And you can yeah. tell just by some of the articles you've written and things like that. So yeah. Really cool. It can get pretty crazy in the community sometimes. Um, <laughs> you think? And yeah. Uh, yeah. I have some pretty strong opinions sometimes. So It's good to have strong opinions. That's the, sometimes that's the thing that moves the needle, you know? Yeah. Gets discussion talk, talking. But... Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you. Yeah. Any shout outs you want to do? Uh, shout out to Too Good. For not being that annoying, just a bit annoying. Um, <laughs> shout out to my team, especially Twick, because uh, he's a really cool guy. And uh, shout out to Mando as well. Okay, awesome. Shay? Your Swedish bros. Yeah, Swedish yeah, man. bros. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, my stream, as usual. Love you guys. I see you in chat. I think everyone's lurking. Uh, and. You and Fishtix, obviously. Super fun. I love doing this with you guys every week. And yeah, I think that's it. Oh, LG. Yay, LG. Yeah, LG. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to have the sponsor lists and stuff? Like, what what happened to that? Like, I'm just a manager. Like, that's a player thing. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Fishtix? Uh, I was super excited to see an audience forming um, at PAX. It was very cool. Uh, to have that audience to cast our interaction and feedback, hearing them ooh and ah and, and clap and cheer was really, really cool. Um, so that was that was awesome to be part of. Uh, really glad that I was able to do that. Um, other than that, nothing really on my end. I'm just going to be, you know, honestly, I'm glad that the game's going offline. Like, they need to work on it. So, you know, I'm not sad at all. I won't be missing it at all. N- not at all. <laughs> not at all. Wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, look at this guy. Oh, oh my, my god. god, look at this I guy. I want it. I know. Shit, I should have gone, man. I'm so mad that I'm going to yes, go. Yes, you should have. Well, we're going to be at DreamHack, though. You're still going to DreamHack, though, no, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be at DreamHack okay, most cool. likely in a couple of weeks, so I'll see you guys there. Yeah, I'll be there, too. Um, That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Lee, Do that. Get closer to the cam. I got to see those those glasses. No, the glasses. What are on the glasses? <laughs> Oh, I see. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, oh, god, the swag is the swag is strong. That's that's even more stuff that that I'm gonna want now. Uh, I just noticed weird. that this is he's a, just covered in Overwatch. No, literally geez. a walking billboard. Jeez, the Blizzard marketing Wait, is so strong. <laughs> and that too. Oh god. Uh, I just, just want to hold it all up at the same time. We got this. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I just want to thank uh, all the viewers for coming in, tuning in. Especially, you know, this is like an off week as Overwatch is even up. So I uh, really appreciate you guys coming in and watching the show and, and asking the questions that you guys have and all that good stuff. Uh, big thanks to our guests, Reinforce. Uh, again, uh, talked to you maybe a couple times before, you know, about coming on. We finally figured out a time. So um, amazing. Hopefully you can come on again sometime in the near future. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, good luck to the new team, by the way. Yeah, uh, definitely. Thank you, man. I wanted to say thank that. You. I'm yeah. looking forward we'll be, to we'll we'll be the screaming tons. So uh, maybe in the future I'll come on when we have time. Yeah. You could Sounds sponsor good. my dong <laughs> sometime, guys <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> you guys I'm happy we didn't go into this. I'm going to blame too good for that one. <laughs> it yeah. is. It's his fault. This is man. his fault, isn't it? It's... I'm happy we didn't have to discuss the name on the show. <laughs> Jeez. I think it's self explanatory. I just feel bad for whatever organization picks you guys up and has yeah. to write a press statement saying hey. you just picked up my dong. <laughs> my yeah, I, I saw the last episode, so I knew we're. <laughs> people's opinions were so <laughs> right right uh i want to thank fish sticks and shade for doing this with me every week it is a lot of fun one of my highlights or one of the highlights of the week for me and uh, for those of you that missed the beginning of the show or missed any of it you can t- uh, check out the vods at youtube.com slash uh the show is actually available on itunes now and on google music slash podcast uh, just look up overwatch or look up the overview and then um you know go ahead and download it listen to it if you like it only if you like the show, leave a five-star review, and, and uh, that, that definitely helps out the show a lot. Um, it just helps, you know, just kind of SEO, get the show a little bit higher so that everybody can, can see it. But that's going to be it for the overview this week. So for Reinforced Shade, Fish Sticks, and myself, Cham MV, we'll see you next week. Later. Peace.